Welcome to the Writer's Block Party Podcast with your hosts Meredith Bond and Prue Warren, where they discuss every aspect of a writer's life, from the craft of writing and editing, through publishing and marketing, and finally into building a global publishing empire. Here is Mary and Prue. Hello. Welcome to the Writer's Block Party Podcast. We're glad to have you here. Uh, I'm Prue Warren, and I am speaking with my co-host. I'm Meredith Bond. Happy to today, be here with you today, Prue. Happy to be here with you, Mary. Today, we're talking about looking at the definition of success for an author. And this is particularly potent because uh, we recorded our first definition of success about a year ago. And you and I have just been listening to our own podcast to see what we decided, how you define success a year ago. And I'm very interested in, I think for you, probably your, your, your trajectory, you've, you've gone, my trajectory is straight up because I go from ignorance to experience and you are already coasting an experience. So I think your definition of success has probably changed a little, but my definition of success has changed a lot in the last year. Exactly. So just for our listeners, could you please tell us exactly where you were a year ago today in your publishing career? A year ago today in my publishing career, I had published nothing. I was um, building a newsletter list in advance of publishing Sin and the Peanut Butter Cup in January. So, uh, and I was promoting a a advent calendar that I mailed out um, once a day in December. And I had done some marketing for that. And I had 198 newsletter subscribers, which I was very proud of given that I hadn't published anything yet. And uh, I had, I had, uh, I had a whole lot of enthusiasm, but not a lot of knowledge. So that's where I was a year ago. How has your year changed? Now, now, you have four books out. And the fifth one's coming out. Just around Christmas time. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Be five books in a year. I know. Five books in one year is incredible. That's amazing. Huge applause to you. Thank you. Thank you, wise one. You're very kind. But I have, as as won't surprise you to learn, my learning curve has been extraordinary. Um, One of the things, but wait, first, back up and tell me. about your year, has have there been significant uh, authorial changes, or are you in a position where you knew what to expect, you expected correctly, there were no surprises? Um, no, because in the past year, I have published my usual four books, three books and a novella, and the surprise this year came in the form of a contract with a small publisher. Right, 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 right. So now you're in the as well as traditional. You're a hybrid author now. Right. Well, you, you've been a hybrid author because you were traditionally published. You were traditionally but published I, years ago. Yeah, but I was traditionally published before self-publishing existed. Ah, all right. Well, okay, <laughs> so, so I don't think you could count that. I was traditionally published and then I was self-published and now I'm hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> when is the um, Wolf Publishing book coming out? 
not until January of next year, not 22, uh, but 23. So this is the thing about being an indie publisher is that my schedule is so much faster than it is for traditional publishing. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, but the other thing with that is that um, they want me to have written and they want to have edited all three books of the series that they're going to publish for me before they begin to publish them. And I have made sure that my deadline schedule for them was was longer probably than what I really need. But I wanted to give myself some, some wiggle room there. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay, what we talked about a year ago we had sort of seven definitions of success, and I've already added three more to that. <laughs> well, while you and I were listening to last year's podcast, while we were taking that little uh, time machine journey, the first one was actual dollars. How, how much did you make as an author? And, and we had talked about, have you recouped the money you spent? Have you made more than a dollar? And my answer is, no. <laughs> I'm still pouring money in. I'm still pouring on you. The second definition was we had said the number of readers, but I'm changing that already to the number of books sold because I think the number of books sold is a very easy thing to find out. I can just go to Amazon and Apple and Kobo and Barnes and Nobles um, and and see how many books sold. And we had talked about a thousand would be a good year. A thousand books sold will be a good year. And I'm proud to tell you I'm at 1700. Yay! I know. I know. It's amazing. Uh, The third number was the number of reader ambassadors, the number of people who actively promote you. I want, can I change that to the number of people who are willing to be ARC readers? Because I think, well, they are different. Because reader ambassadors actually go out and tell other people about your books and ARC readers just read it. All right, then I am going to add, here's number 11, our readers. Do you have people who are interested enough in your book that you can send them an advanced reader copy, an ARC or an ARC? They will read your book before publication and either before publication date or on publication date, post a review for you so that on publication day, you already look like a tremendous success on whatever platform you're selling on. Uh, number four was personal pride and happiness. Do you enjoy what you're doing? What That's harder to answer. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Even though it is so damned hard to be indie means you have to be a writer and a publisher and a marketer. And if one of those three things sticks in your craw like sand, you better figure out a way to turn it into a pearl, right? It's it's very, very challenging. On publication day, having gone through this four times and the fifth one coming up, it's two days of just perpetual sweating and complaining and bitching and wondering what the hell, why Amazon, why Apple makes things so convoluted and what the hell is wrong with Ingram Spark. And it's, it's, it's two days of really being frustrated, but really the marketing is the biggest inroad on my time as a writer. It would be easier to just sit down and write in a tower. But you're nodding. Oh yeah. The market. I am so nodding. I am saying <laughs> that is the dream of being able to just sit and write. That is absolutely the dream. It is never going to happen, but that's the dream. 
<laughs> well, I think it's never going to happen because most publishers now, traditional publishers, expect their authors to do marketing. Exactly. So becoming an author, whether indie or traditional, requires marketing. So you have to just suck it up and say, all right, now I am a marketer. Now I will enjoy this because I have no alternative. To be a writer, to not publish, to not market, go ahead and be a writer. But if you want to be an author, you have to be a marketer under all circumstances. So on the personal pride and happiness, mine is pretty high because I'm getting a little better. I ran my first, (laughs) no, wait, let me share with the readership the listenership that I ran when sin was first published back in January, I told Google to spend $5 a day, no Amazon to spend $5 a day on ads. And Amazon said, yeah, how, for how long? And I said, I'll let you know. And then I forgot for eight months, eight months. I have spent so much money on Amazon. Then I ran, then I, then I realized because Meredith Bond said, what the hell? I just saw your ad. Thank you, Meredith Bond. I turned it off and started messing around with targeted ads. And the Amazon automated ads did considerably better than my targeted ads. So once again, learning curve, steep as hell. But I did my targeted ads. I've looked at the responses. I'm going to run an ad after Christmas and we'll see what happens because every time is another learning experience. So personal pride and happiness Uh, I'm not proud of the stupid mistakes I've made, but I do think you cannot learn without failure. So, so I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Newsletter subscribers, I'm up to 500 and I'm very excited by that. My open rates vary because I have attempted to make striations in my newsletter list between people who want to hear from me once a week and people who want to hear from me once a month. And when I did it, Apple still had not invoked its privacy laws. So I was able to see better who opened and who didn't. And as soon as I did that and and took my weekly openers, I call them the glorious, magnificent ones, and shifted them into their own group, open rates went up on both teams. So as soon as the monthly people stopped getting emails every week, they began opening more frequently And the weekly people were still opening. So everybody's open rates went up. So yay, I went from like 20 to 25% open rates when I was mailing everyone every week to closer to 40% when I was mailing everyone once a month, but the glorious, magnificent ones once a week. So things got better. That is an amazing open rate. Yes, I was really pleased. And But of course, I have a very small newsletter list, so it, it can be curated. Um, competency and continuing education was our sixth level. And it was harder for you to think that competency was a measure of success because you're so competent. Um, but the continuing education idea really did appeal to you. Have you kept up on industry standards? Do you know, uh, why we're all doing what we're doing? And that was, that was still part of your measure of success. For me, competency and continuing education continue to be a huge part of what I think success is. The seventh definition was reaching back. Are you capable enough to reach back and help newer authors? And obviously, this podcast is an example of that for you <laughs> and for me being, yay, someone's reaching back. Thank you, Meredith. I want to add 11 more 
categories to our definition of success. And the first one is the easy one is ARC readers, is that I have now have newsletter subscribers who like me enough that I trust them to read the next book and post a review. Um, and I have, I don't know, it looks like about 15 people who are willing to do an ARC read for me. And I, I'm proud of that. I think that's, I think developing an ARC team is uh, a big measure of success. Yep. The one thing, there are a couple things that we did not talk about. Oh, I see. I've changed number of books published. Oh, no. Well, yeah, that's right. Number of books, literally in the number of books published, not the number of books sold, but the number of books published. Last year at this time, having published nothing, my plan was to publish three books. And now I've turned it into five. So it's uh, incredible. I, think number, uh, I, I just can't shut up. Okay. Next one, Amazon ranking. We've spent some time on the podcast talking about how you can increase your Amazon ranking by choosing the right categories. And I actually got to number one in the most obscure category I could find. I went searching for it, right? I went to publish a rocket and found all the Amazon categories. And there are over 11,000 of them. And for Ellen and the would-be gigolo, it the book takes place on a cruise in uh, the South Pacific and Oceania and around India. So I found a category that was novels about Oceania and surprise, I was number one <laughs> because nobody else even knows it's a category. And I think this is a false definition of success. Your Amazon total. Yeah. Your Amazon total ranking is mine at best. I've made it to 35,000. There are 35,000 other books selling better than mine on Amazon at, at the absolute acme of sales. So making my way to number one in an obscure category does not fill me with the same pride. It does feel like I'm working the system. So I suppose I could market it as a number one bestseller, but that seems like tempting the gods, right? To put their thumb on me and say, what do you think you're fooling? So uh, I think also it it fluctuates so much because oh, like if you get a, a bookbub uh, featured deal, then yeah, you you could probably get to number one, but it it's a, a flash in the pan because you're going to drop right back down to to number two million in a couple right. of days. Right, <laughs> right, right. Okay, so I think the definition of success and and this this. Uh, Here's the bigger issue, right? I was speaking with lovely Mindy Klasky, who attended uh, a conference recently, which featured uh, someone who said, here's how you make six figures using Amazon ads. And the next person said, here's how you make six figures using Facebook ads. And the next person said, here's how you make six figures using Goodreads. Mindy is much more experienced than me. She's, she's at your level. Her, her takeaway from that was every single person who had those that information on how to really make it work for you, how to really push your sales, was spending over $100,000 in promotions wow. and making $110,000, $115,000, whatever it was, they were making more than they spent. But their initial investment was huge. Even for me, the spendthrift, that's too much money to spend. The other thing she said was they were all 35 years old or younger, right? They were hungry. They were young, they were tech savvy, and they were hungry. And I am old, not particularly tech savvy, and not that hungry. So it makes me think that my definition of success 
in this one especially, and I put it down to Amazon ranking because so much of what they were doing was attempting to increase Amazon's attention. My definition of success has dramatically shifted. I don't want to be a number one bestseller anymore because I don't have the energy and I don't have the initial investment for it. So I'm shifting my focus. 35,000 on the Amazon ranking is good with me. I'm fine with that. So that's a big deal. When you and I talked about let's redefine success, that's the thing I thought about the most is that my definition of success has changed as I've come to understand what traditional success looks like. I'm out. I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to spend that money. I don't want to spend that energy. I don't want to do it. So if you have thoughts, go, man. Oh, they have one more definition of success to add. I should have done Yeah, go ahead. What is that? No, go ahead. Last one is um, pride in the cleverness of marketing schemes, right? Because you can run a Google ad, you can run a Facebook ad, you can do a book bub, and those are very traditional ways. But I am very proud of the two marketing schemes that I came up with, which have helped my readers feel like they know me better. And the first was the advent calendar that I ran last year. And the second one is my You Decide story, where I asked newsletter subscribers if they wanted to get a story every week, and then they would vote on what happened next. And we went for 50,000 words. We went for almost half a year. And that's the fifth story that I'm going to be publishing in December. There were not that many people who wanted in. There were only, I think, 65 people who wanted to uh, read the story. Well, 35 of them. Uh, voted at least once, and 20 of them voted consistently. And every time they voted, I would send back a little note that said, you know, thanks for voting. That's what I want to, or what are you crazy? How can I make that happen? Or whatever. Uh, And so we've established, I, I consider them actually friends now. I mean, when we have a newsletter list and attempt to create these cyber friendships, there's a certain amount of mercenary, I'm pretending I like you to it. Well, these people, I know them now. They are my friends. They know about their lives. They know about my lives. We talk about it's it's been an, it's been a really neat way to reach out to people and make a connection. And quite a few of those people are now my ARC readers. So I feel like uh, that was a really useful marketing plan. I was attempting to inspire people to uh, to get involved in my world as a writer, and it paid back in spades. I'm just thrilled with it. Um, okay, so having said that, let's go back to the big definition of success. Are you willing to invest that much money? Are you willing to give it that much energy? What do you think? No. <laughs> Simple no. answer. No. Me no. either. <laughs> either. Absolutely. Which has always been my biggest problem with being that has kept me back from being a very successful author. The only thing that has made me a moderately, very, very, very moderately successful author is the number of books that I have written and the fact that I haven't given up. Aha. <laughs> well, I love that. You know I love that. The def- that, the, that was that's a, that's a phrase that's very inspirational to new authors, which is the only definition between an unpublished and a published writer is refusal to, refusal to stop. Exactly. Exactly. That is... Um, I even have that quote in my my writer's journal that you only fail when you give up. Right, right, right. 
Well, there are lots of ways to fail, but the only way to allow failure to get you is to stop. Right. Exactly. And the fact that I have not done so, I'm already a success. (laughs) There you go. Damn right. Damn right. So as we discuss success and this, this recognition of the fact that the people who are successful are, I don't want to say they're selling their souls because obviously they love what they're doing, but someone's backed them. So somewhere they got enough money to do the marketing and they found the energy to make it to number one, number 10, an airport bookstore, right? I mean, wow, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Yeah, I know. And I also don't really, I have not and do not devote that much time to marketing because, and it's, it's really a matter of interest. I don't like marketing. I am (laughs) horrible at statistics. And Mm -hmm. as Jen Bach pointed out to us, it's those who are good at analyzing the results of your marketing who are successful marketers. And so I have no interest in doing that. I am not good at it. I don't have the skills to do it. Ergo, I am not a successful marketer. Ergo, my books don't sell as much as they could. I love messages. Those statistics. I'm going to learn this, Mary. I'm going to learn it. You and I are going to learn it together. I'm going to learn it. I'm going to figure this out, right? Like Amazon ads that are such clunkers. I'm going to figure this out. I have no interest in doing so. Honestly, (laughs) you go for it, Prue, and you will be a much, much, much more successful author than I ever will be because I just have no interest. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I want to write my books. I want to sell them to people who are interested in reading them. I will work moderately to get my name out there to to get found. I run my Amazon ads. I'll run my Facebook ads. They will not make a lot of money. I will probably lose money on them. But, you know, if (laughs) a few people see my name, a few more people see my name than otherwise would have, then that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a, this was sort of a, an earth shaker for me because when I started, uh, the definition of success was to be able to say USA Today, number one bestselling author, Prue Warren, or New York Times bestselling <laughs> author, Prue Warren. And now I know that's just not going to happen. I am not willing to put into it what that would take. That, that is really the, the bottom line there. Are you willing to put in the effort to to study statistics and all of your analytics and and to to do all of that? It's so funny because that is actually what my son does for a living. <laughs> does what? What does he do? He studies how successful programs are. Ah, I see. I see. I thought he was a best-selling author. No, all this time. So if I wanted to really be successful at this, then I would just say, just, you know, go to my son and say, hey, you know, in your copious spare time of which he has absolutely none, you know, can you, can you track to see whether my ads are successful? And he would be able to do that in a, in a blink of an eye. But wouldn't, couldn't he teach you? Oh, well, you just really don't want to know. I really don't want to know. <laughs> you know, that's funny. Meredith, people say to me, I can teach you how to cook a couple of simple dishes and then you'll have something that you can eat. I'm like, no, I don't want to learn. That's not something that interests me. 
Oh my God, I find marketing so much more interesting than cooking, Meredith. <laughs> <laughs> See, I have learned how to cook. I have become oh, an, no. an all right cook, but <laughs> marketing, no. Uh-uh. Statistics, definitely not. <laughs> so it makes the world go round and thank God for it. All right. Well, that makes me feel better now about not cooking, but I'm, I'm determined that when we do this again next year, I want to be able to say that I have come to grips with at least some aspect on the measurability of marketing, because that's the key. I used to, as I told you, I was in the direct mail field. And the, the, the theory on direct marketing is that it is always measurable. You can always see response rates. You can always analyze all the information. And I think that the marketing side of being an author is measurable. And I am now coming to grips with it. So I don't, I don't, I don't hold with New Year's resolutions or anything, but I will say that if we listen to this podcast next year so we can redo success, that I hope by that time I will be able to say, I know enough about Amazon ads or maybe Facebook or maybe Google or whatever to be able to say, here's what's working and here's not. So, okay, I've given myself a little goal there. Great. I have to say that I have in the past year, thanks to this podcast, gotten 100% much better at Facebook ads and I'm working on my Amazon ads. Yay. A year ago, this time a year ago, I did not know the first thing about running Facebook ads. I knew something about running Amazon ads, but they were not successful. I have now successfully run some Facebook ads. I am working on successfully running an Amazon ad. I don't have great hopes, but, you know, I'm working at it. (laughs) Okay, so when you say you ran a Facebook ad successfully, do you mean that you got to the market you wanted, or do you mean that the ad pulled in more money than it spent? Well, then, congratulations. Um, it, 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 that doesn't mean that all of my Facebook ads are successful or have been successful. I have, you know, it, it's up and down, but now I have a better understanding of how to run them. Right. I have a better understanding of defining an audience. Um, and so I have worked at it and I have successfully sold more books thanks to my Facebook ads. That's excellent. That's excellent by any definition of success. Yay. Yeah. Hey, so, we've had some very smart people on our podcast. We've had some really, really good guys. Yeah. We really have. We've been lucky. Yeah. We've had some great people who have done a fantastic job of explaining these marketing techniques. And I think we need to keep that up. We need to bring in more a variety of, of viewpoints when it comes to marketing and running these ads. Idea. Good idea. Um, just as a little preview for the year coming up, I have spoken to my friend Chuck Hall, who is an internet security guy. I just thought that would be really interesting to talk to him. He's willing to come on. And Heather Maddox, who is an author, has a lot to say on how to set up your files so you don't get lost in revisions, etc. And she's going to come on. And we, you and I, we did some brainstorming a little while ago about the topics we wanted to do next. So we've got some good stuff coming up. We really do. I, I have to agree. And just talking about this, it made me uh, realize that one aspect of marketing that we have not 
had an expert speak to us about is advertising to newsletters like um, book goodies or book cave or romance devoured or the fussy librarian all of those newsletters that go out to readers that in itself is another arm of marketing that we have not heard from you are right we need to find somebody to to speak to us about that i've done fussy librarian and i've done new and books Mm-hmm. You know, if we, if we, you know, the reason I did those two ads was Heather Roberts, who runs my promotions. God bless her. So, I mean, she, we've already had her on before, but you and I aren't bound. We could have her back on to talk about newsletters. We certainly could. There is also an author whose name is escaping me at the moment, who I know it does very well with those newsletter ads. <laughs> That's and awesome. I will. I will find her name and maybe we can speak with her because I also love speaking with other authors, not only about, because we don't only keep them to one topic. We don't only ask them about newsletter marketing or, or whatever. We also speak to them about their process and their career. And I always find that so interesting. I do too. Very interesting. Very interesting. Some of my favorite podcasts have been, with other authors, like the Grace Burroughs one was so fascinating. Okay, well, that's enough of chatting with each other. Next week, Meredith, I think you and I, you were going to walk me through what gets put in front matter and back matter for any book, which when I did it myself the first time was uh, a real sort of shock. So um, let's do front and back matter next week. That's very practical, as opposed to this sort of airy fairy. How do you define success, First and Howell the Third? What do you think? So let's uh, let's have something very concrete next week. That sounds that sounds really good. Um, just to end, Prue, do you think you've been successful this past year? Oh, Meredith, I am so proud. I do think I've been successful, and I think I'm on the path to greater success as well. How about you? Have you been successful? I think I have. I think I I have published as many books as I wanted to publish, and I'm really proud of myself for learning more about advertising. We're awesome. We are awesome. Listener, you're awesome too. Oh my gosh. Listener, what have you done this past year that you are most proud of? Night to us and tell us, because we really want to know. Very much want to know. Very much want to know. Prue at Prue Warren, Mary at MeredithBond.com. Prue at PrueWarren.com. Our names are our names are our addresses. So write to us and tell us what you think. Or you can go to the writersblockpartypodcast.com to our website, uh, where I believe there's a comment button. And we'd love to hear from you. Meredith, love and kisses to you. And I'll talk to you next week. All right, Prue. Thanks so much. Bye. That's it for the Writers Block Party this week. We don't want you getting so drunk on knowledge that you can't drive your laptop safely. But next week we'll be here before you know it, so check out the website at thewritersblockpartypodcast.com. One word. That's where you can find our archive of past podcasts and a place where you can get in touch with Mary and Prue or ask questions for the next podcast. Write with joy, friends, and see you next week.